This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over quarterback rankings, running back rankings. I'm going to say it every episode. That we're going into the home stretch of the fantasy football season. Yeah. So make sure you you listen to the entire episode. We have a, a bunch of nuggets for you uh, when it comes to these quarterbacks and running backs for this week. Uh, we got a lot of our running backs back. Uh, we had six teams on bye last week, so bye again is over. So now we're getting more full strength, you know, uh, going into this week. Uh, Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, you're right again, like you said, much more reasonable amount of teams on by this week. I, I forget. I think it's like, is it two teams on by this week? I know it's, I think it's I Patriots. Think so. it's, just, it's just two teams and this week. Yeah. The Bengals, those two, right? I think that's it. So you should have, you shouldn't have any trouble, you know, with buys, but injuries can still be a problem, you know, but, um, it won't be compounded this week like it's been in the past. We have four teams on by this week. Ravens, uh, Bengals, Ravens, yeah. Patriots, and the Jets. Um, forget about oh, those how, guys. how did so, you not know that your Jets were on by? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was just like calm. Go. You yeah. know, I, you know, there was no way that they could lose this week. You know, like they, they can actually like go go have another week. You know, sitting at six and what are they? Six and three? Man. Six and three, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, so, suddenly, like, the you know, division, division leading, you know, like, well, close to it. You know, the Bills, you know, you never yeah. know if the Bills loses. If Josh Allen is out this week, the Bills take the L. We're going to be on top of the AFC East with that better division record. Yep. So just saying, just saying. Okay. Uh, we got some news for you uh, before we get into the Thursday night preview and then before we get into the quarterback rankings. But Couple things. Christian Watson uh, apparently did not have a concussion after he was taken out the game, similar to the Amon Ross situation. However, Christian Watson did practice in full on Wednesday, which is a very good sign that he's going to play this week. I'd pick him up given Romeo Dubs' injury. That's going to yeah. keep him out potentially for the rest of the year. There's some upside there. Aaron Rodgers is looking for a receiver. Alan Lazard has been pretty solid all, all year long, and he'll continue to be solid. But, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins, you can't really depend on him. Christian Watson. You know, whenever he's got an opportunity in the like, you know, a handful of snaps that he's gotten over the last two weeks, Aaron Rodgers is looking for him. So, you know, we'll see what ends up happening uh, moving forward with that offense. But I think Christian Watson, you know, even even this week, you know, he he's a flex play, like a boom bust flex play, even against Dallas. Yeah. Um, let's see, Aaron Jones, he got a limited practice in, so that's a good sign for him. I, I expect him to be, you know, to potentially be a little more limited than usual. Um, you know, given the fact that he just twisted that ankle last week, he was in the walking boot and he'll likely play the injury. It doesn't seem to be serious, but it's possible that AJ Dillon's give, give, given a few more carries this week. Yeah. 
Debo Samuel practicing full on Wednesday. That's a good sign that he'll be back this week. Um, Deion Jackson not practicing. Colts running back Deion Jackson because of that neon injury. Uh, that neon. Neon for Deion. Deion. Yeah. Ne- neon Deion. <laughs> um, that knee, he has a knee injury. He, he I hyperextended it. I think that was what the injury is. Yeah. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor did return to a limited practice on Wednesday. That's a good sign for him returning this week. I did not see that coming at all. Uh, so the fact that he's practicing on a Wednesday is a good sign for him to play this week. Matthew Stafford is in the concussion protocol, which is not good. Yeah. Um, I think he was placed in it yesterday. Apparently, he might have seen symptoms late uh, You know, after that game. So the fact that he was put in the concussion protocol like on a Wednesday or whatever it was, that's not great. And he might not play this week. Yeah, I, I wouldn't count too much on him playing this week. I mean, obviously... He probably hasn't been in your lineup for the past four or five weeks. <laughs> what he about doesn't... Cooper Cup, bro? Yeah, what okay. Cooper Cup? Cup. What are you doing that... Cooper Cup, bro? Yeah, Matthew Stafford hasn't been in your lineup. I-, I think Cooper Cup can get it done with whoever's our quarterback. I think who is their quarterback? Uh, who is their, who's their backup? Forget. Is it the Wolford guy? I, I forget. The Wolford guy. The Wolf. The Wolford guy. I think the Wolf. That's who they have. John John Wolford. Yeah. Is that is that who it is? Yeah. It All is. right. Yeah. So Do we, we saw have a little sample bit of size. Do we have a sample size, John Wolford, with Cooper Cup? I don't know. I think he started like two games prior to the Rams adding Matthew Stafford. But did he did he play? I'm looking at his uh his game log from last year. I'm looking. I think to see it was the year all last year. It was the year before. Oh, was it? I think it was. Okay, so then yeah, we might not be able to get too much out of it. Either no, way, one game. Playing, yeah, against Arizona play, at the end of the year. Okay, you're playing Cooper Cup regardless, but uh, you know. Not ideal for him, but either way, Matthew no. Stafford. But fire up Saints defense, though, huh? Huh? Yeah, fire them up. Either way, fire them up. Even with Stafford there, uh, Alvin Kamara's court date has been pushed back yet again to January. So it doesn't look like this is going to be an issue for this season. Um, the video came out last week. Nothing happened. Nothing seemed like it's going to happen. I think if you have Kamara, I wouldn't be worried. Yeah. The other thing to add here, uh, Traylon Burks. He might be back this week. He's still. Uh, I think they brought him back. He practiced this week, and he said himself that the plan is for him to play this week, but they're still going to see, you know, if he's ready, and mm-hmm. he's going to see how the week goes. So, you know, another perspective add to your bench if you need it. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit, you know, before he went down with the injury. We said that the numbers were kind of there. He just wasn't yeah. producing. But, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much of an upside he has at this point just because the Titans offense, they're not throwing the ball hardly at all. I mean, obviously, with Malik Willis starting, they don't have, they're not going to do that. They're just going to turn around and hand it to Derrick Henry. But if Ryan Tannehill comes back, he could have some value because there hasn't been anybody, you know, standing out at wide receiver for the Titans. And if they're going to throw it to somebody, you know, he's probably the most talented guy. We talked about yeah. his yard, yards after catch ability uh, pretty much while he was playing. And he's, he's just kind of falling off the radar. He He's definitely on waivers because nobody was holding him because he wasn't producing very well even when he was healthy. Definitely. All right, let's get into the quarterback rankings. I don't think – actually, no, let's get into the Thursday Night Football preview. Let's do that first. All right. Wiggins and the Panthers. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, he practiced in full a couple times this week already, which means that he'll, most, he'll he's listed as – he's going to be listed as questionable for tonight. But after two full practices, he's probably going to play. So yeah. I would assume that he um, – will. and, you know, we're going to go over the quarterback rankings in a little bit. And we'll see where Deontay Foreman is. I have him ranked as a in RB two this week. Uh, you know, yeah. on the lower end of the RB two spectrum. 
Um, and, and we'll we'll get we'll talk about more about him when we get into the rankings later in this episode. Um, but you know, he, I would say he's a low in RB two start. I think Chuba Hubbard also, you know, should be in that you know maybe borderline top thirty running backs, something like that. Um, yeah. where where you can potentially play him. You know, if the Panthers end up going down in this game early, then Chuba Harper is going to be on the field more than DeAndre Foreman. All right. Um, Let's see. What else? As far as the Panthers wide receivers go, you know, PJ Walker is going to get the start tonight, right? And he's been throwing more catchable balls and he has been, you know, targeting these wide receivers, DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall. Now he looked terrible last week, right? And, you know, he was pulled after you just looking lost out there in the first half. Baker Mayfield came in. Baker Mayfield, the best half of his life. And now they're going back to P.J. Walker. And I'm happy about that when it comes to D.J. Moore because D.J. Moore's target share went way up after, you know, Terrace Mar- uh, after P.J. Walker came in. And this is a much better matchup. This is a really, really good matchup for yeah. both D.J. Moore and Terrace Marshall. So D.J. Moore, you know, he's a solid wide receiver, too, for me this week. Uh, Terrace Marshall is like a low-end wide receiver, three, with a little bit of upside because of the matchup. If, if this was not a cake matchup, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, feel super comfortable starting Terrace Marshall. Uh, but, you know, he's had two solid games in a row. Uh, you know, he was kind of quarterback independent because it was Baker who ended up throwing him the touchdown last week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, we talked about him, you know, at length in the waiver Wire show a couple of days ago on Tuesday, uh, you know, why we like him. And, you know, it makes sense, you know, to roster him if you don't, if he's still available because he could potentially mm-hmm. do some things tonight uh, against a bad Atlanta defense. Yeah, I love how the standard that we're now holding Panthers quarterbacks to is just can they throw catchable passes mm-hmm. and, you know, are the, are the receivers being targeted? That's what we're we've kind of been reduced to with the way that P.J. Walker and Baker Mayfield have been playing. Um, I'm OK. Like you said, this is a good matchup starting D.J. Moore and, and Terrace Marshall tonight. Terrace Marshall, not so much as D.J. Moore. But the thing is, if one of the quarterbacks, whoever's starting, it looks like it's going to be P.J. Walker starting. If he doesn't play well, you know, you can always have hope that they're going to switch a quarterback and that quarterback change will, you know, spur on some production. That's what we have. You're not going to be stuck with one bad quarterback the whole game. I don't think if it's going poorly, they'll, they'll make that switch um, as they did last week. And actually that's, made... that's very true. Uh, we might be stuck with two quarterbacks, two bad quarterbacks. Right. So you, so you have, <laughs> you have two bad quarterbacks, but that's what I'm saying. So like, if it gets out of hand, it's not, not just going to be them getting drubbed and they're just going to keep the same quarterback in. They're going to put somebody else in and maybe they'll add a little spark, you know, that the receivers right. will be able to do something a little bit more. I think they're going to have a, a just fine go of it. You know, they did well. Um, the Panthers play well against Atlanta in Atlanta two weeks ago. Um, and they're at home this time. I, I don't think this is going to be a bad game, but I, I'm, I'm tempering expectations for them. Um, I think, you know, a touchdown pass is pretty much the ceiling tonight for the quarterback on the Panther side, PJ Walker and, um, you know, DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall. I think only one of them is going to get a touchdown if they do. I like Marcus Mariota tonight uh, against the Panthers. He played very well against them. Uh, the first, the first go around, um, so I'm I'm fine starting him, you know, and we'll and we'll take a look at where he's ranked. Might be higher than a lot of you guys think for this week. Um, I have him as a low end QB one, pretty much a borderline QB one. Um, yeah. Outside of that, Cordell Patterson, you know, I would start him, and you will see where he's ranked as well. I have him ranked as an RB two, you know, low end RB two. We'll see exactly where he's ranked. I think he's around RB twenty, RB eighteen, yeah. something like that. Um, and, you know, I think him and Tyler Algier will likely form like a one-two combination, right? Like, yeah. Caleb Huntley was kind of involved last week as well. I think with Cordell Patterson getting healthier, I think this ends up being 
a little bit less distributed, right, between three guys and maybe two guys, you know, getting touches out of the backfield and then with Cordell Patterson kind of getting those, uh, you know, being that 1A in this yeah. backfield. And, and I think this is a good matchup too because Carolina did not look good last week. No, Carolina didn't look good last week. And that's what the Falcons have going for them, you know, because they have a, a defense that's coming off a bad performance and it should be, it, it's not much time of rest, not much prep for them playing on Thursday. I, I like Cordero Patterson tonight. I think he's going to be good. He has the potential to finish as an RB1, but I think RB2 is right about where I'd have him ranked as well. You know, I, I'd have him like in the middle. He looked good. And the thing that was encouraging me was that he got the touches that he needed. He got the the money touches, what I call them, you know, down the goal line, in the red zone, that kind of thing. He was getting the touchdown carries. Tyler Algier, though, I wouldn't sleep on him. He can have some nice value even with mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson starting because we saw how explosive he is. He can catch the ball, and he can run the ball. So I, I think that they're going to be happy to use both of these guys tonight. I don't think that Tyler Algier is going to kind of get, you know, phased out because Cordero Patterson's playing. Patterson's very yeah. good, and the Falcons obviously like him, but Tyler Algier, he's going to have a role, I think. Of, of above any any of the other guys, I think Tyler Algier is head and shoulders above Caleb Huntley and Avery Williams. You know, yeah. talent. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be putting them in over Tyler Algier in, in like long distance. You know, if they get to those second and fifteen, I think we could third and fifteen. I think we could see um, uh, Tyler Algier putting in some work. You know, in the passing game, just catching out of the backfield, running some screens. Agreed, agreed. He did have that role last week, even with Patterson back. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Falcons passing game, not really interested. Uh, in Kyle Pitts, <laughs> that about London. sums it up. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, the thing is with Drake London has a great match. This is a great matchup for Drake London. Yeah. However, however, very hard to trust. Okay, so you want to start him, you know, as a flex play, not in your flex, but in your wide receiver spot because you don't want to start Thursday night players in your flex because you you become less flexible going into Sunday. But yeah, I, I, if you have another option, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother here. Also, Kyle Pitts. You know, I think he's the low end tight end one. You know, you could start him, you know, if you mm-hmm. don't have any other options, but, you know, I'm looking for another option <laughs> if I can. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, he's had a couple good weeks and it's, it's not as bleak as it was at the beginning of the season. I think you could start him. Um, I don't think he's a bottom tier tight end like he was at the beginning of the season. But the thing is, for me, I don't know if you saw this, but Marcus Mariota actually came out. He was quoted. He says, I think I could get Kyle Pitts more opportunities with the ball. Um, I think it was just this week. He said something like that. So he did. I don't want to hold out hope. You know, we hear that a lot. You know, oh, we need to get so and so more touches. I think Zach Wilson said that he wants to get Elijah Moore more touches. I think I heard something like that around somewhere. And then um, the same thing happened. Dan Campbell said about DeAndre Swift. Oh, we want to get him more touches. Yeah, you could say it. You could walk. You, you could talk the talk. We got to walk the walk. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but maybe that's a little bit encouraging for Kyle Pitts owners if you want to start him tonight. I think he could do well, but um. You know, as we know, his floor is very, very low. And his upside isn't that high um, at this point. Obviously, it's not a talent thing. It's just his usage. He doesn't get many targets. And Marcus Mariota, even though he has given Kyle Pitts a few good weeks, um, that overthrow on that, like, what would have been a 70-yard touchdown last week just kind of sums up, you know, what's keeping Kyle Pitts from doing his thing. And it's just his usage. Yeah. And when he does yeah. get targets, they're not necessarily high quality. 100%, man. Um so, you know, if you if you like a lot of these plays, there's going to be a lot of different types of props uh, on underdog tonight. Like, I would take a look at all the the higher lowers on underdog, all the pickums on underdog tonight. Uh, there's a lot of players in this game, right? So you're going to have a lot to choose from. So, you know, if you go over to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog fantasy app uh, and, you know, use the code upper hand, you'll double your first deposit up to $100. You're going to be able to potentially 20x what, you know, your money for these entries 
you know, if you get five of these, five of them right. So, like, I can choose Chuba over his fantasy points. I could choose Deontay Foreman to go over, you know, his 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 rushing line f- for the night. Uh, things like that. And if you get five of those right, you'll end up 20xing your money for that entry. Uh, you know, and you can decide whether you want to do three time, three and en- three picks in one entry, four picks in one entry, five picks in one entry. And depending on how many you choose, the multiplier goes up. Right. So uh, take a look at that. You know, it's fun. You know, I don't know how good tonight's game is going to be, but this is definitely going to add some excitement to it for you if you plan on watching the game. Uh, yeah. So go, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, and use code upper hand to double your first deposit up to $100. All right. Yeah, Let's the go ahead and reason, get into the... Yeah, go ahead. The go main ahead. reason I'm tuning in tonight would be to see the Panthers black helmets. That's pretty much the reason I'm... <laughs> they, I, true, they're, they're wearing those tonight. They're going to look sick, dude. I, I love it. It's going to look sick. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Quarterback rankings. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, despite Josh Allen's injury to his elbow, I still have him at number one Yeah, uh, because I like the matchup. Yeah, can we you, don't know if he's gonna play. You can love right? the matchup. Yeah, you can like the matchup for anybody Josh Allen plays against because he's Josh Allen. As long as he's playing, True. he's starting. True. I, I mean, I can if he wasn't hurt, I can see him dropping like forty-five fantasy points on, on the Vikings. You know, Maybe, um, yeah. but he's a little bit banged up. You know, he might not play this week. It's possible that they hold him out one week. Uh, we'll likely find out if he's playing on Friday. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, my guess is that he'll he's gonna be out this week. That's just a guess though. Uh, but if he does play. Uh, he's definitely gonna be in my lineup. I'm not getting cute with it at all. Yeah, start him. Yeah, don't ever start. Like even if you have, like you, you don't know, you're not gonna have Patrick Mahomes. But if you have anybody else, you know, don't think. Oh, if if Josh Allen's playing through an injury, just play him. Don't overthink it. Like you said, it doesn't matter who you have. Just play. What Josh if you're Allen. Justin Fields? What no. if you have Justin Fields? Zach, no, no, no. Okay, no, I know, no, I know, no. I know. We love, we love Justin Fields. No, <laughs> we we love him. I know. But Josh Allen's Josh Allen. He's gonna do it. He's good. We got Patrick Mahomes at two. Uh, he's been on a mission lately, dude. Like, he hasn't been that far off of Josh Allen this year in terms of fantasy points. He's only averaging, like, one, a little bit more than one less one less fantasy point per game than Josh yeah. Allen. So he's been balling. Like, even without Tyreek Hill, you know, we thought that Ty- Patrick Mahomes might have taken a step back, but the fantasy points has not suffered. Matter of fact, it has gone up since last year. Yeah. He looks a lot better. I think he had that slow start last year, and people were wondering if this was Patrick Mahomes, you know, finally coming back down to earth. And that was after he signed that huge contract. I think that was what it was. So it was a little bit, a little bit of panic for Chiefs fans, but not anymore. You know, he looks very good, and they just brought in a new weapon for him in Kadarius Tony. Uh, he looks like Patrick Mahomes still, and that's what he's going to be. He, the one thing that Patrick Mahomes did last week that he didn't really the rest of the season uh, so far was, you know, run the ball. 
he ran the ball. I think it was like, didn't he have like 60 yards? Yeah, 60 yards on six carries and a rushing touchdown. So that that really pumped up his numbers and made him look really good. Uh, he he produces in a little bit different fashion than Josh Allen. But, you know, it, it was funny. You know, is, scrambling remains an underrated part of his skill set. He doesn't use it enough, I don't think. I think he could do more with what, you know, he has. And he's slow. That's the funniest part about it. He's not that slow. Like, I I don't want to call him slow. I'm I'm, going to look up what his 40 time was because he looks slow. Like, he looks slow, but, like, he's, like, he's like Obviously, he's not Kyler Murray, but, you know, like, he's faster than Dak. (laughs) If if Dak and Mahomes raced, I am 100% putting money on Dak. His 40-yard dash, 4840 on playerprofile.com. All right, let's let's see Dak. All right, let's see. I could be wrong. Let's see. Four four seven nine <laughs> four seven nine forty beat him by point oh one. <laughs> so Dak Prescott is as a point oh one faster uh, than 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 Patrick Mahomes. Boom. <laughs> so okay. beat him by by point hey. oh one. So I told you. I told yeah. you. Hey. That Dak just Prescott watch, just just watch. <laughs> the eye test will tell you differently. I promise. Maybe in his rookie year, Dak could Dak could move like that. But that doesn't. You know like how that. we we talk about um, Kyler Murray, like when he runs, like it's the funniest thing. It looks yeah, like so, a toddler running around. Yeah. Um. I I I I also laugh when Patrick Mahomes runs too. Like it's 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 not the same, but it's like a yeah. different type of run. It's like a it's like an unathletic type of run. Is where it like, like ev- with with every step, he's thinking about stopping. Yeah, that's what it looks like. like <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know. I, I had a couple friends are like that. They say they watch Patrick Mahomes run. They say he, he looks a little girly when he runs, which I, I don't know. Uh, it could be, but hey, he, it, it's very. Be, it, it, he doesn't run like a Lamar. You you watch Lamar no. and Justin Fields. He doesn't run like any other quarterbacks. Obviously, no. Kyler Murray runs like you know Kyler Murray runs like Kyler Murray. Nobody else runs like him. But he doesn't run. <laughs> he he's definitely you know like looking to dodge any type of contact they can get. And I get it because he is what? Yes. How much was it? How much was his contract? I forget what it was. Just like almost, oh yeah, like he's, he's a big, he's a big money man. Yeah, he, he's a money man. So you can't can't risk that, which which makes sense. No. You get that. You don't want to lose out on that money that you're getting. So for but sure, yeah, All that, right. was, that was a long conversation on Patrick Mahomes, and we're definitely starting him. So, yeah, even if he runs like a girl. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts. We have met three against Washington. Good matchup for him. Yeah, nothing really else to say there. Justin Fields at number four. We had him at six last week. Turns out that was way too low, <laughs> even yeah. though we had him higher than most. Uh, he has a great matchup against Detroit this week. He's had the most fantasy points among quarterbacks since week five. And yeah, he's a top five quarterback this week. Absolutely. I- I'd argue I wouldn't be surprised to see him finish top three. Boom. I- 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 let me guess. Ahead of Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it- it's possible if Josh Allen doesn't play, obviously. But even if he does, you know, I- the matchup, you know, Minnesota, their defense isn't that good, but they're not like they're not Detroit. Obviously, the Packers made Detroit look a little bit better than they actually are last week. But Justin Fields is so much different from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the way the Bears are playing is a lot better coming on a hot streak. I think, even though they lost, I think the past three weeks, two weeks, yeah, they they lost. They they beat the Patriots and then they lost to Dallas and Miami. But they're coming on a hot streak. Justin Fields looks really good. He's not anything that the uh, Lions have seen yet this season. So I, I think he's in for another big day, Justin Fields. Geno Smith at number five. I like his matchup against Tampa. And I like I like his wide receivers matchups as well. Yeah. So I have him here at five ahead of Kyler Murray, who's going up against LA. Um, I would have had Tua ahead of Kyler, who by the way I have at seven. Um, I just like the matchup for Kyler better than Tua. 
Um, however, apparently Kyler Murray has a hamstring injury, yeah. right? And he didn't practice because of it on Wednesday. So, you know, if that's a legit injury and like even if he plays through it, you have to think that it's going to affect his rushing ability. Yep. So if that's the case, maybe we have to move to a, ahead of Kyler. But but I guess we we'll wait and see to see what if that injury is legit or not. Yeah. The the thing about Kyler Murray is we've seen him play through injuries before. I, I forget yeah. what it was exactly. I think it was like two seasons ago. Um, and he had that quiet finish to the season. He was you know on fire to open the season. That halfway point not he mistaken, got the injury. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was a hamstring injury. I think it was. Yeah. So we've seen this kind of thing before. And we know his upside gets capped big time because yeah. now he can't move. And I don't want to make fun of Kyler Murray, but when you can't move out from behind that big offensive line and you can't see. That well, you might, know what? That's, that's I, I don't problem. even know if he I don't know with those short strides that he takes. I don't even know if he uses his hamstring. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, we don't want to. Clown. I, think it's all, I think it's all glutes. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, we don't want to clown <laughs> Kyler Murray too much here. But I'm just saying, you know, we've seen it before where he plays through injury and his upside is definitely not what it was. So. I think maybe we put Tua over Kyler Murray this week um, because the matchup is pretty good, I think, for Tua. Even though the Browns' defense looked good when they played last against the Bengals, uh, I think that we're looking at, you know, a, a, a nice matchup for Tua because it, it doesn't matter who they play. You know, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Jalen Waddle. The offense looks good. As long as Tua's on point, he's going to be fine. So I, I think that we could put Tua over Kyler Murray. I think he's a safer bet at this point. And the upside is there because of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, upside is there. It, it is a tough matchup against Cleveland. Cleveland gave Joe Burrow problems in week eight. He, they gave Lamar big problems in week seven. They gave Justin Herbert problems in week five. Uh, Marcus Mariota had his worst game of the year against them. So I think they're a better defense than we're giving them credit for, especially defending the pass. They're not as great against the run, but defending the pass, they've been pretty good. Right. Now, I really like Trevor Lawrence this week. I have him at, I have him at QB8. Uh, the Jaguars are probably going to be throwing the ball a lot against Kansas City this week. A couple of his weapons, right, including Christian Kurt and whichever one of the Jones brothers happens to line up on the right perimeter on every on any given play. Yeah, they have good individual matchups, and the Chiefs have given up more than two passing touchdowns per game to opposing quarterbacks, and that's they're the only team in the league to be doing that. Now, Preciser uh, has this game at a fifty-three point total, and the Jaguars. Uh, they have the Jaguars losing by nine points. So I'm expecting Lawrence to have some volume in this game. Yeah, I, I, I think that's totally on point. You know, it makes sense. I don't think the Jaguars really stand a chance against the Chiefs right now. But, you know, you don't want to count them out. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, the reason that the Chiefs are allowing so many touchdowns is because they go up and then the other team just comes back. You know, it's garbage time. The, the defense doesn't have to play tough. They'll let the touchdowns go just as long as they take a lot of time getting down there. I think that's the way it's going to be this week, too. And that's fine. You know, for fantasy production, that's perfectly fine. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's in a good spot. He has good weapons. And Travis Etienne out of the backfield, if he could get him going in the passing game, you know, sky's the limit, really. So I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he finishes more on the low-end QB. Like, right now, he's like a mid-to-low QB on these rankings. I think he finishes low-end QB one. But um, I, I wouldn't be – I'd be kind of disappointed if he didn't finish in the top 12 this week because of the matchup. I have Dak Prescott at number nine against Green Bay. Uh, Dak showed some willingness to run before the bye, uh, yeah. which is awesome. Uh, hopefully we see more of that. Not the easiest matchup against Green Bay. Um, mm. But, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks, and one of the reasons why I have Trevor Lawrence at eight is because a lot of these quarterbacks in this range have tough matchups. Um, yeah. You know, at 10, we have Jimmy G. Solid matchup, okay, but... Uh, you know, and I think he's a solid streamer this week, and he has the weapons, and the Chargers are a good matchup. So I'm actually, I'm actually cool with Jimmy G. Now, yeah. if you had to choose between Jimmy G and Trevor Lawrence, who, who, who are you starting? 
Uh, no, let me ask you a question. Are you starting both Dak Prescott and Jimmy G over Trevor Lawrence? Um, I, I think I would. I, well, yeah, I think I would. The thing, the only thing that makes me hesitant about Dak is the Cowboys are a fair weather team. They're going to Lambeau Field, and I think kickoff temperature is like 32. And Dallas does not play well in the cold. So that's one thing that I was, I'm a little bit hesitant about. Maybe I'd put Jimmy G over Dak. Um, I also expect the Cowboys, you know, even though it is going to be cold, I don't think the Cowboys have to worry about being in too close a game. I think Dallas should, by all accounts, you know, be ahead in this game. So yeah, it might not be throwing as much, especially with the temperature being that way. It might be a ground and pound game. Um, Tony Pollard could have a big day. Obviously, we just got the reports. That's another thing, a report that maybe I should have brought up earlier. But, you know, Zeke, it, he's still not sure about playing this week. So we'll see how that goes. I, I think that Dak is a good start, but Trevor Lawrence might have more upside. I'm talking myself through this right now. So uh, I, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, maybe, yeah, I, I may, I like the, I like these rankings how they are right now. Maybe you, Jimmy, you, maybe Jimmy G <laughs> over Dak. Jimmy G over you Dak. You know, you, you know that meme with that girl? Like she's just like, she's like, hmm, nah, hmm, <laughs> nah. That, yeah. that's, that's basically what you're doing through these rankings right yeah. now. Okay, so, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of see it actually. Nah. <laughs> I would go, La- I would go Lawrence, Jimmy G, Dak. Just because okay, I think the game script will be better for Jimmy sense. G. The weather is better for Jimmy G. Uh, I think that you know will be fun. It'll be good. That makes sense. That, that makes sense. My 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 worry with Jimmy G is I think the 49ers handled the Chargers pretty easily this week. They're coming off the bye. All their guys are healthy. I think they go up in that game. Christian McCaffrey has an amazing matchup against them. And the Chargers don't have any weapons, so I'm not sure how much Jimmy G is going to have to throw the ball in this game. That's my only concern. Similar to Dak Prescott, I'm not sure how much he has to throw the ball in this game either. Right. Uh, but at least Jimmy G has a better matchup than Dak. So maybe you're right. Maybe Jimmy G should go above Dak in this one. Right. Um. All right. Let's move on to number eleven. We have Marcus Mariota. Um. Marcus Mariota, like he had a great game against Carolina, like I mentioned last time around. So, um, and Carolina's defense looked terrible last week against Cincinnati. So I'm cool starting Marcus Mariota as I think this is the highest I've ever had Marcus Mariota. Uh, watch out because the last time I had Marcus Mariota this high, he shit the bed. So yeah, just just keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> Andy against Dalton, Cleveland of of all teams, Cleveland. We were talking Cleveland, about their yeah, defense. Yeah. So yeah, um, but it was it was a, be- a better matchup. This is a better matchup this time around. Yeah, um, I'll say that. I think Andy Dalton bounces back this week against Pittsburgh. This might be a little bit of an aggressive ranking here. You know, uh, but I, I I didn't expect him to do much on Monday night. It was a tough matchup for him. I think this is a, a much better matchup for Dalton this week. Uh, so yeah, he's at twelve. He's ahead of Herbert. Uh, I just don't trust Herbert right now. Um, Herbert had a cake matchup last week against Atlanta, and it just really comes down to his weapons and the fact that he doesn't have any. Um, yeah, you know, tougher matchup this week for Herbert too against San Francisco. Who, by the way, I have at fourteen. Um, you know, I think it's I, I just think it's a tough one for him. Now, in terms of Andy Dalton, though, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I like him is because Chris, Andy Dalton, I'm sorry, Chris Chris Olave has a great matchup this week. And I think he's going to get in the end zone this week. It's been a couple yeah. weeks since he's been there. Uh, Jarvis Landry, maybe he's back as well. You know, I think that could help out a little bit, having a legit, you know, number two wide receiver, you know, opposite Chris Olave. I think that could help out a little bit. Um, but Andy Dalton, he's got it done, you know, before this past week. You know, in a tough matchup, he's got it done for the most part in the past two weeks before that. So I think he'll be solid. And I have him ahead of Brady, you know, at 13. Yeah. I, I think Andy Dalton was uncharacteristically bad, you know, on Monday night. And that was just an off night for the whole Saints team. Um, I didn't think that the Ravens defense was that good. Obviously, they added 
uh, Roquan Smith. And it looked like it was actually a decent matchup for the, for the Saints, but that just wasn't the way it turned out. So, you know, you have those types of games. It'll be fine. Andy Dalton, you know, he is still a backup quarterback at the end of the day. He looked good the two weeks before. And this is a much better matchup. Um, not prime time, not as much pressure. I, I think that Andy Dalton should be uh, good, especially if he gets Jarvis Landry back, like you said. Any support that can come from, you know, off the bench where they're injured, I, I think that's good news for any quarterback. And with Alvin Kamara, he should get back in the form this week. He didn't look yeah. the same last week. He wasn't catching enough balls, I don't I don't think, exactly. for my taste. Yeah, it was definitely a, a off week for him too. So you know, if he bounces back, that's that's good news for Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, I had Tom Brady at thirteen here against Seattle. Um. Justin Herbert at fourteen. Kirk Cousins at fifteen. Tough matchup in Buffalo. Uh. Followed by Aaron Rodgers at sixteen against Dallas. Three. Those are three relatively tough matchups. Those three guys. Um. You know, but out of all of them, you know, I probably like Tom Brady to get it done against Seattle, even though. That's a tough matchup as well. Yeah. Uh, but at least he has a couple weapons that he could depend on. How, what are you thinking between, you know, these, you know, four guys right here, Brady, Herbert, Cousins, and Rodgers? I think they're ranked as they should be ranked. That's just me. Maybe, okay. may, maybe Cousins over Herbert just because he does have weapons, you know, and maybe Josh True. Allen doesn't play. So it might be a more, you know, even game script. They won't be going down or anything. Not that I think they'd be going down. The Vikings are a good team. I might put Kirk Cousins over Justin Herbert, but Tom Brady, as we know, in international games, I think he, what is he averaging like 300 yards and three touchdowns a game, something like that. Ooh, yeah. I think I, I saw that stat somewhere. I forget where it was, but um, yeah, he's he's actually very good overseas. Um, or down in Mexico City, they played. I remember that one time trying trying to trying to build that brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so overseas, I don't know if you remember that one game where they were like shooting laser pointers into Tom Brady's eyes at the, oh, yeah. at the line. Do you remember that? But yeah, so overseas or down in Mexico, wherever he's playing, he plays very well. Um, We'll see how that goes this week. He does have the most weapons out of any of these guys between him and Justin Herbert or Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. So I think he's good at 13. Um, Justin Herbert at 14, I think he's good. 15, Kirk Cousins. 16, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not even sure I'd put Aaron Rodgers um, over jared goff at this point i think aaron Rodgers might be a little bit high <laughs> and i'm not just talking up my cowboys defense i love my cowboys oh my defense God. but aaron Rodgers, he just hasn't been playing well so I, i'm not been sure playing bad too though yeah yeah so but but with aaron Rodgers, you know he, he has no weapons at this point he doesn't even have romeo Dobbs. now he, he's down to christian watson who might have a concussion you know sammy Watkins doesn't do much aaron aaron jones he's going to be limited I mean, who, um, hello, who? Alan Lazard. Hello. Oh, yeah, Alan Lazard. I forgot about him. No, <laughs> don't worry. I don't think there's a whole lot of upside for Aaron Rodgers in this matchup. And it's going to be cold. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just hasn't looked the same. I, I think that he might be a little bit lower than guys. Even like Daniel Jones could have a good day against a bad Houston defense. I'm not going to say that Did maybe Aaron Rod- for Aaron Rodgers, that it was too cold for Aaron Rodgers. This dude's a white walker. Oh, like, yeah. The okay. Dude is like he's a white walker. He's gonna, he'll perform in the cold weather. Focus on the way Dallas. he's been playing this season. I, I want to see how he does. You know, this, this is a very, very tough matchup. No, yeah, he no doesn't look it. like he doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers, and with nobody to throw to, I can see him getting frustrated really easily. So that, that's if just he threw me. three picks against the the Lions last week, what's going to happen this week against Dallas? I don't want to say yeah. anything, but I maybe Trayvon Diggs is good for one, two. I, can I don't see know. It. I, I don't think. I don't think Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's he hasn't been playing well. I'm not sure. I don't think he's reckless with the ball yet. I think he's just trying to make plays. And, you know, a couple of those picks that he threw last week, I'm not sure if they happen. You know, he's not going to have more multi-interception games like no, that. Especially in the, the rest of the way. Yeah. yeah, that was uncharacteristic and kind of an outlier. Jared Goff. So we have him at 17 against Chicago. 
think he could be solid, somewhat solid. Daniel Jones at 18 against Houston. Maybe this is a better matchup for Daniel Jones than not. I mean, Houston's defense has been really, really good against quarterbacks. Um, for fantasy, they've been shutting down, shutting guys down. But Daniel Jones, you know, he does get a lot done on his, you know, through his legs. Yeah. And, you know, Houston obviously is terrible against the run. So so he, Daniel Jones might be a little bit sneaky this week. Um, and then we had Derek Carr at 19, who's been playing terribly. And Jacoby Brissett at 20 in Miami. Well, that's kind of how I'm yeah. looking at it. The thing about Derek Carr is he wasn't playing terribly in the first half. But then the second half came around last week and the offense shut down. Like, I remember I saw a post for Devontae Adams' stat line in the first half. Nine catches, 146, two touchdowns, right? It's like, oh, man, what's he going to do in the second half? He had one catch, zero yards. It was just like, <laughs> are you kidding? Like, what happened? Like, they completely lost it. I don't think they scored a point. It, it was just ridiculous. So Derek Carr, you can trust him, but you can also not trust him. He's just so on and off. You know, Devontae Adams is having a good game. The offense was looking good, and then suddenly it just shut down. I, I don't have much faith in Derek Carr at this point. Um, especially for fantasy himself as a quarterback. If you're trying to start him, I, I wouldn't have high expectations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to running back rankings. I have Christian McCaffrey at number one against a Chargers defense giving up more than six yards of carry to running backs. That's most in the NFL. And just a reminder, if you forgot, that before his bye, he had 18 carries and eight catches and total three touchdowns before that bye week. Just yeah. wanted to remind you guys. Saquon at number two against Houston, another great matchup. You know, the second worst defense against running backs. They are, they're allowing 5.7 yards of carry. And I'm expecting the Giants to give Saquon a big workload in this one. He's had at least 20 carries in four of his five, last five games. Yeah. So two guys coming off by. You're happy to see it. Yeah. Glad to have him back too. After missing him last, back. last week. Yeah. Saquon. Oh, I was, I was missing him. I was missing yeah. both these guys. The Giants just have to follow the, the the Titans game plan against Houston this week. You know, just give Saquon Barkley the ball enough, and he'll have 200 yards before you know it. So just let Saquon do his thing this week. Seriously, man. Seriously. Welcome back. Austin Eckler at number three. Tough overall matchup uh, against San Francisco, but he's all Justin Herbert has right now. So he he's averaging 10 catches over his last three games, which is absolutely insane yeah. for a running back. Um, I was going to say tough overall matchup for the Titans this week uh, against Denver, but their whole offense is Derrick Henry. So yeah. never mind. The Broncos are giving up more than five yards of carry to running backs this year. That's fourth most in the league, so he will likely continue the ball. I have him at number four this week. Yeah. I, I wonder what the Titans are going to do for offense the rest of the season, especially as he gets older. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> at number five, we're looking at Alvin Kamara, looking to rebound, like we talked about, you know, after a tough week nine. This is another tough matchup for him this week against the Steelers, but my, my man was averaging 25 PPR fantasy points per game the four weeks before last week. So he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll bounce back. Nick Chubb at six against Miami. Travis Etienne at seven against Kansas City. Hopefully, Etienne gets a, used a little bit more in the passing game this week, given how how the Chiefs have given up the most receptions to running backs this year. Um, you know, who knows if that will be the case with him? Only nine percent target share for the year 
Uh, he is running a ton of routes, so that's good. But we want to see those targets go up a little bit. Um, we we kind of want to see those targets correlate with the amount of routes that he's running. And that, that could happen. Yeah. You know, hopefully we, at some point this year, with him being on the field more, we start to see more of that, you know, Lawrence to ETN connection that we we saw, you know, in college, you know, through the air. Um, yeah. But we'll see. But either way, you're starting him, you know, as a, as a solid RB1. Yeah, I think he's destined for some passing work this week. Just because, like we said, this game could get out of hand really easily uh, with the Chiefs being, you know, the Chiefs. So I, I like Travis Etienne. Um, I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense, especially early in the game. If they want to have any shot at establishing a run game, they're probably going to be getting him the ball two out of three downs per, you know, set of downs that they have. I, I yeah. would be surprised if he comes out, you know, the first half with 20 touches because that's what they're going to need. That's what they're going to need for sure. Uh, yeah. Kenneth Walker, I have him at, at number eight against Tampa. Uh, he's he's averaged 22 carries a game since taking over in week six, and he scored six touchdowns in those four games. So regardless of the matchup, you know, and this isn't as bad of a matchup as it used to be. So start Kenneth Walker pretty easily. Yeah. We, and we have Josh Jacobs at number nine after a couple of down weeks from him. Tough matchup against Indy, but there's a good chance the Raiders control this game. We talked about how bad Derek Carr was, but Indy has not looked good lately. Their offense hasn't looked good. We don't know how many points they're going to score. There's a good chance the Raiders can control this game. Um, and after getting some of the two-minute snaps a couple of weeks ago, Josh Jacobs did, we're starting to see Amir Abdullah start to creep back in, yeah. unfortunately. And he came in for a bunch of snaps over the last two weeks. So all that weighted opportunity that was going Josh Jacobs' way, you know, in neutral game scripts, that kind of went away over the past two weeks. Hopefully this week he can kind of get right. Yeah, this, this shouldn't be a... Uh a very good game. I don't think there's two t- two teams that are really just on the downswing right now. And with the Raiders offense, it's either been Devontae Adams doing the scoring or Josh Jacobs. In the past two weeks, you know, Devontae Adams has been doing his thing. Josh Jacobs hasn't. Um, I don't know it's why. Like they-, they can't figure out how to get both of them going yeah, at the same time. I- I don't know why. It's like a pendulum. You know, it's either Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams. They can't have both for some reason. Like, why don't you just try using both? Josh Jacobs, obviously, when, when they run Josh Jacobs and they give him the workload that they gave him those three weeks where he had over 30 points in a row, you know, like good things were happening. They were in those games, you know, and then when they're just throwing the ball, you know, they went up with a lead and blew the lead. I saw a stat somewhere. It was like the Raiders blew three 17 point leads this season, you know, after blowing fives up until uh, in their whole history up until this season. So it's just like really bad in, in Las Vegas. I don't know what it is. It might be Josh McDaniels. We'll see. But, um, you know, I think Josh Jacobs still has it in him. Like they'll give yeah, him the volume. Definitely. If they give him the volume, he'll do it. But it's just a matter of him getting that volume. He it hasn't looked the same, like you said, with the weight opportunity. He's his targets have come down. Um, that's a little worrying for me. He's starting to look more like that Josh Jacobs that we saw last season, where he didn't score less than eight, but he also didn't score more than twenty. It was just like right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully he can get back to it. I think he can. I think they're they're willing to give him a huge workload. Yeah. And you know, in this type of matchup, we can definitely see it happen. Dalvin Cook at number 10 against Buffalo. Um, Damian Pierce at 11 against the Giants. That's a good matchup. The Giants are bottom three in rush defense on a per-carry basis. Uh, They were surprisingly able to keep Kenneth Walker in check two weeks ago. But other than that, they have been bad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have Jamal Williams against Chicago's vulnerable rushing defense as well. Uh, Williams had 24 carries last week. If Chicago ends up... This is kind of crazy to say, but if Chicago ends up putting up points early <laughs> on the Lions, yeah. right? Um, Williams would end up coming off the field in those situations if that happens. Uh, and it, it might not be DeAndre Swift coming on the field. It mm-hmm. won't be Craig Reynolds either because Craig Reynolds has been put on IR. It's Justin Jackson. 
Okay, so Justin Jackson is playing the DeAndre Swift role while DeAndre Swift is a little bit banged up. Okay, so yeah. we could see him on the field a little bit this week. Uh, but in general, as long as Swift is banged up, we have no idea how long he'll be as limited as he was the past two weeks. Only 10 snaps last week. You got to keep signing Jamal. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Um, even though the Bears have looked a lot better on defense, I'm not sure they run away with this one. You know, um, I mean, not that the Lions are a very good team, but I, I think that there's a chance that this ends up being a closer game than we think. And Jamal Williams could yeah. be involved the whole way through. Um, I, I think he has a much more sustainable workload. It seems like it's Jamal Williams as a 1A, and then the two guys that are rotating behind him are Justin Jackson and DeAndre Swift. And Justin Jackson, Jackson actually got a little bit more work than Swift last week. I think Swift yeah. is going to continue to get healthy. His workload is going to continue moving up. But Jamal Williams seems to be the guy that they're going to keep using until Swift is 100%. He's going to be on the field for most of the snaps. He's going to get most of the carries. And if they get to the goal line, you know, remember, if he scores one, if he scores one touchdown, you got a second one coming that same day. 100%. Always. Guaranteed. Yeah, that's the way it goes. I have Tony Pollard here at 13 against Green Bay. Uh, we don't know if Zeke is playing or not. You know, he has a brace on. He might play. This ranking is assuming he does not play. And yeah. I have Pollard here at 13. And this might be a little bit low for some. But the fact that he wasn't an every down back last week, he has to be a borderline RB1 for me rather than an RB1 with all those other guys you know, ahead of him this week. Like It's hard for me to bench the other guys that I mentioned already You know, besides Tony Pollard. Maybe you want to play him over Jamal. Maybe. But I mm. feel like Jamal, you know, if he ends up with those two touchdowns, those two goal line touchdowns, he's yeah. going to end up having a better week than Pollard. Uh, on the ground, this isn't a tough matchup. However, his touch threshold might be a little bit too low. Like he might be limited to, to that as you know to that respect. So yeah. that's my only concern with Pollard. Regardless, like most likely, Pollard will be in your lineup. We'll see. You know, if Zeke, let me ask you this. I have two questions for you. The first question is, if Zeke is playing, where are you ranking Pollard compared to Zeke? Number one. Number two, if Zeke does not play. Where are you ranking Pollard? Is this appropriate? Would you rank him above Jamal, Damian Pierce? Let me hear it. All right. So if Zeke plays, I think that Tony Pollard is still ranked above Zeke, but he's not an RB1. He's not a high-end RB2. I think he's like low-end RB2 with RB2 potential just because, you know, Zeke, I don't think with a brace, we saw it last season, he's not going to be explosive, but he's going to get the touches anyway. You know, he's going to be picking up three or four yards of carry just on first and second down. And that's the way it's going to be. It's just going to hurt Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's going to have probably, I'd say, the same volume as he would if he doesn't play. You know, maybe just a little bit less. So I think a low-end RB2 is, you know, in his range of outcomes, especially um, since he's obviously much more explosive and he could do more with the ball in his hands. The only difference might be the goal line carries, right? Yeah. Like, if they get to the goal line and Zeke is playing, then Zeke will might get one of two goal line carries rather than Tony Pollard getting all of them. Yeah. Right? And, and even then, you know, it seems like, when Dak comes back, two things open up for you that they didn't have with Cooper Rush. One, it seems like they love to throw the tight ends on rollouts, you know, by, by Dak. They run the play action, and that works well. They, they, they did that a lot um, when Dak plays. And then the other thing is Dak has his legs where Cooper Rush didn't. And we saw that last week, the first touchdown drive. It was a read option to Dak, and he took it in for a touchdown with his legs. So it, it's a give and take. You know, now that Dak is back, maybe the goal line carries, they might technically go – any running back goal line carries might go to Tony Pollard, but they might be distributed more, um, obviously, with Dak uh, playing. And Malik Davis didn't look bad, the guy that they had, you know, rotating behind him. So we'll see how it goes. But like I said, 
low end RB two if Zeke does play. If he does play, I think that this is appropriate for Pollard, especially with the you know, like you said, the touch threshold being like that 14, 15 touch range. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Williams is a safer play. Tony Pollard's a higher upside play. But, you know, if, if you're in a spot where you need a win, I might start Jamal Williams this week. Um, Tony Pollard, it, it could go either way for him where we know Jamal Williams going to get his touches. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. At number 14, we have Miles Sanders against Washington. Sanders has been surprisingly steady, you know, and I have him here as a high in RB2. You know, and I'm yep. playing him over Jonathan Taylor, who I have at 15, who did practice on Wednesday, which is, you know, he'll, uh, my assumption is that he's going to play. New head coach, you know, still a not so good offensive line. We'll see how effective he can be if he does suit up against, you know, this week against the Raiders. The Raiders are a tough matchup on the ground on a per carry basis, but they've allowed a ton of fantasy points to running backs. Yeah. If you have both these guys this week, Jonathan Taylor, let's say Jonathan Taylor gets a full practice set on Friday. Who are you starting? Sanders or Taylor? I would have to start Taylor. <laughs> Just because we know what Jonathan Taylor can do. There's nobody else doing anything on that Colts offense. You know, Miles Sanders, he has the chance of having his touchdowns vultured by A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, even the running backs behind him, Kenneth Gamewell, Jalen Hurts on the ground. I I think that Jonathan Taylor is the safer play for me. I get it, though. It feels weird having Miles Sanders above Jonathan Taylor, but the way he's been playing, you know, that's the way it's going to be. But I'm holding out hope for Jonathan Taylor. I think he can do it. He can get back to at least much better form than he's had this season. There is a, 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 a under-the-radar move the Colts can make right now for their offense to become much better. And that's to bring in Nick Foles. Oh. Bring in Nick Foles. They could. Let the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to play Matt Ryan? Okay. Ellinger, if he continues to struggle, bring in Nick Foles. Bring in the Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> And just see what kind of spark you can get. And, and see, see what happens, you know? Like, you never know. And maybe Nick Foles will start dumping it down to running backs, you know? You never yep. know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to fix anything. The problem, the problem in Indianapolis <laughs> is their offensive line sucks. Yeah. You know, that's, that's I, which is weird to think because Quentin Nelson's there, but it's just it hasn't been playing well at all. Where the past two seasons, it's been actually, you know, pretty good. Um, well, you know, with the new – with you know, one thing that hopefully Jeff Saturday brings in is that he's an offensive lineman. Yeah, maybe he he understands that like, hey, listen, like one way to overcome a bad offensive line is instead of running the ball like 20 times a game, you check it down like yeah. six, seven times a game to complement that. Yeah. Right. And if you have Jonathan Taylor, that's what you're hoping for. Paris Campbell, he can play that role. Right. Like they have a few guys that can do that sort of thing and they just have to get creative with it. Right. Know? So we'll see what they end up doing, but, you know, the vibes are not good around Indy right now, uh, but, you know, we'll see what, what they do in their first game back. Maybe, you know, remember, maybe. the vibes were not good in, in Carolina either, and, and they were right. able to have a couple good games, so you never know. Maybe the offensive line is just tired of blocking for washed-up one-year rental quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers, go. Carson Wentz, now Matt Ryan. They're just like, all right, we're done. Let's get us an actual quarterback, and then we'll play. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Very possible. <laughs> Very possible. Um, I have Leonard Fournette at 16, and, you know, this might be a little bit low, but Seattle's run defense has been gouged early on in the year, but over the last four weeks, they've allowed only three yards of carry to running backs, which is second best in the NFL during that span. Uh, and then you add the inefficiencies from Fournette on top of that, uh, and this, off- this offense not playing as well, you know. I don't know how much run Rashad White is going to get in this game, but I'm just not sure this is a get-right spot for this Bucks offense in general. No. 
the, the Seahawks have looked so much better, and they are, at this point, so much better than the Bucs right now. I think this is a much harder matchup than I thought it was going to be for the Bucs. When they released the schedule and they said that they were sending Seattle and Tampa Bay overseas, I was like, man, they don't ever give them any good games. I was like, Tampa Bay is going to run all over the Seahawks. So now it, yeah. it's looking like it might be the other way around. You know, yeah. The way the Seattle's de- defense is playing, I don't expect Lampernet to you know, have much upside this week. He might get volume, but I, I don't think he's going to have much upside. And the volume has been hard to come by for him the past few weeks. I know I'm I'm still in on Leonard Fournette. I think he has it in him. We've seen him do his thing when he's on the Buccaneers. I think these past few weeks have been very uncharacteristic. I think they're going to be an outlier. But if it keeps happening, you know, it's looking it's starting to look more like a trend than just like you know a, a bad patch. But we'll see. Are you starting him over Miles Sanders? I I think I would. That that's okay. Just so me. you and, would go you would go Jamal Williams at twelve, Tony Pollard at thirteen, Leonard Fournette at fourteen, Jonathan Taylor at fifteen. And then yeah. Miles Sanders at 16. Uh, I think I think that's about what I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Cordell Patterson. I have him at 17. Uh Carolina's defense didn't look good last week. Like I mentioned, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Um, I think he's gonna get a, a little bit of a larger role tonight compared to four days ago. Um, yeah. and I can see Tyler Algier also, you know, obviously mixing in there. Caleb Huntley might can phase out a little bit. Um yeah. so I have him at 17. I think it's a solid, solid place to put him. James Connor at 18. You know, I'm fine starting him as an RB2. 71% of snaps last week, 70, 70% of rap participation, caught all five of his targets last week. I think it's a good sign for him. This is a little bit of a sigh of relief for, if you have James Conner, the fact yeah. that he's actually playing and on the field and got his he got his role back. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of what you were hoping for. Nothing too crazy, but, you know, in terms of expectation, you know, you're just like, is he on the field? Is he playing all the snaps? All right. I think yeah. we're okay. <laughs> yeah, you're done holding your breath with James Conner. You see that he's going to get the touches if he plays. And it looks like that's the way it's going to be. I think the offense just has to be a little bit better. I hope Kyler Murray can play. You know, I, I don't think – I don't personally think he's going to miss. I could see him playing through it. Uh, that kind of limits the upside of the offense overall. But if that's the case, you know, they might be turning more to the run game with James Conner, and that could be good news for him. So we'll see how it goes. Um, it's kind of a mystery going into this game, and the Rams are like a middle of the pack matchup in terms of their defense. I think so. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, too hopeful of a huge upside for James Conner, but I think he's going to have a much better week than he had last week if you know some of the production starts to catch up to the usage that he had. You know, and just real quick on the Fournette, and you know, people are probably wondering why I'm not when I'm talking about it. Um, you know, there was a situation in this past game with the Bucks, where, you know, Fournette was off the field, right? Especially in that first half, right? That first half, you know, it was, it was Rashad White on the field, not Fournette. And apparently he was frustrated with that, um, with that situation. And, you know, it, you know, this is a situation where it's possible and Bucks beat reporter, uh, forgot which one it was, but one of them said that it's possible that Rashad White ends up taking over at some point this year, if Fournette continues to struggle. So that's mm. his opinion as a beat reporter. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's something to kind of keep an eye on. And another indication of don't drop Rashad White. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, pick him up. Pick him up if you don't have him already. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Aaron Jones got him at number 19 here against Dallas. Uh, he did practice on Wednesday, like I mentioned. Um, he might not get his full workload. You know, his workload has been up and down all year. So I moved him down a bit, you know, to RB19 this week because of that. We, you know, he's been up and down all week, all year. You know, AJ Dillon has gotten touches here and there. And now he's a little bit banged up. So I'm not betting on him to have, you know, a big game this week. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. Like you said, with him being a little bit banged up, I think A.J. Dillon could actually come through a little bit this week. Um, I, 
it's he, I think it's going to look better for AJ Dillon than Aaron Jones this week. I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron, Aaron Jones is not produced by AJ Dillon just because he is banged up. Um, we'll see how it goes though. Dallas' defense is pretty tough, although they've been a little bit softer against the run. Um, that's those have been the guys that have been you know scoring the points against them recently. So we'll see how it goes. I, I like Aaron Jones a little bit, but not as much as AJ Dillon this week. I think that AJ Dillon we have him at thirty. I, I might move him up a little bit more than that. He might be a low end RB two for me this week. I like I like David Montgomery at RB twenty um, against Detroit this week. His snaps and usage went up went way up last week. Seventy percent of snaps, forty five percent of the rushing share. Depending on if the Bears are in this game, and by the way, yeah, it, it wasn't. You know, this is including Justin Fields. This is not yeah. just between him and Khalil Herbert. So you're like, oh, Khalil Herbert had fifty five percent. No, he had less than that. He had about thirty five percent of the rushing share. Mm. Um, but, you know, depending on if the Bears are in this game the entire time, you know, depending on if they're up the entire time, you know, it could change how these guys are being used and what their touch distribution looks like, right? If the Bears are up and in, or in a neutral game script, then expect Khalil Herbert to be a lot more involved, right? Expect yeah. their their carries to be somewhat similar. Um, and I, I, was, I would expect both of them to rack up some carries in this game if that were to be the case. And so I have Herbert down at RB26 on the week and Montgomery's here at RB20. Um, are you expecting – what are you expecting out of this Bears backfield? Like are you expecting it to be a close share or do you expect Montgomery to kind of lead this backfield once again? I think it'll be a close share. The Bears' identity is still the run game even though Justin Fields has, has looked really good. You know, that's still what they like to do. Um, a lot of the time. David Montgomery, he got most of the touches uh, last week. But I, I think that the hot hand approach is going to be, you know, in full swing this week. It's not going to result. I'm not saying it's going to have Khalil Herbert getting all the touches, you know, outpacing Dave Montgomery by a, a decent amount. I think it's going to be a nice split down the middle this week. I think both of them have the potential to be an RB2. I think neither of them are going to finish as an RB1, I, even though it's it's a decent mass up, matchup against Detroit. I don't have high hopes for either of them. I think that I feel like Khalil Herbert could be the guy this week. That's just me. Obviously, it's been it. it's been back and forth both times. I mean, the whole season, you know, between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. But you know, it, with Justin Fields playing the way he's playing, David Montgomery might be the early down guy, and they might have uh, Khalil Herbert in for those, you know, long third down situations. That's where he can make a lot of money. We saw him do that against the Patriots um, on that screen play. I don't think it was supposed to be a touchdown, but it ended up being a touchdown. Uh, Justin Fields sidearmed it. They have Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert in on those plays where you have the potential to gain chunk yardage. I think that he can make money more than Dave Montgomery um, this week. We we touched on Antonio Gibson's role. I have him here at number 21 with J.D. McKissick hurt. Um, getting all the way down, like, you know, it, it's it's funny because I had Antonio Gibson, you know, ranked solo this offseason. Yep. And now with McKissick hurt, I like him a lot. Um, he's getting all the passing down work. He's missing in on early downs. You know, that role on its own is RB2 level, right? And yeah. he's being targeted out of the backfield as well. Almost 30% target share per route run for the year for a running mm-hmm. back. That's elite. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if he continues to run those routes, he's going to be a pretty good asset down the stretch, uh, depending on how severe J.D. McKissick's injury is. All right, so keep keep that in mind Yeah. moving forward. And, you know, Philly is going to be likely going to be a, a negative game script mm-hmm. for Washington. So I'm expecting Gibson to rack up some targets in this game well yeah one thing about you know washington playing philadelphia last time it wasn't very close but you know washington they're a scrappy team they're not that bad you know they'll be in the game they gave minnesota a run for their money you know up until the last 
couple minutes before the Vikings eventually took the lead and won the game. But they're they're not a bad team. They can do it, especially with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. I like the upside that the offense has. I think that Antonio Gibson, he's pretty much the guy in the backfield now. Even though I thought that, and yeah, I know you weren't high on him either. I thought that he was kind of going to be phased out with this coaching staff. It hasn't been the case. I think they've kind of been forced to go to him, but they're realizing now that you know he's actually a good piece. And we said that he's making a lot of money in the passing game, um, much more than the run game. The run game, early down work, has been going to Brian Robinson, but he hasn't done anything to earn himself more time on the field. Uh, I think that Antonio Gibson is the guy, like you said. And he's going to have pretty good upside in a matchup that you said. It's probably going to be a negative game script. Um, I don't think they're going to be completely out of it at any point in the game, though, which could actually help. He's um, he's always been the best running back in this backfield, you know, since, I don't know, two, three years ago. Yeah. It's been since he's been since he's been drafted, he's been their best running back. They're finally, hopefully, realizing it now. But even Brian Robinson taking touches away doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, to be honest with you. Right. Um, Devin Singletary, I have him here, at number twenty-two against Minnesota. Very tough matchup on the ground, but good offense, right? If Josh Allen plays, if Josh Allen doesn't play, and if lean on the ground game, still not great for Devin Singletary for me. I, I don't love this for him this week personally. Um, yeah. But we'll see, you know, I'd rather Josh Allen play for Devin Singletary. Oh, well, yeah, definitely, you yeah. Know, you know, I don't think them depending on the ground game is going to be a great formula for them if they were without Josh Allen, personally. No. I mean, maybe because Dalvin Cook will be in town, James Cook will do his thing. But Ooh, I don't think I like that's that. going to be the case. Yeah. Brother versus brother. Yeah. Um, You can start Deontay Foreman tonight, you know, but keep in mind, like I said earlier, that Chuba Hubbard will likely be back after getting a couple full practices in. And if the Panthers go down we probably won't see Foreman on the field a ton. Uh, you know, even without Chuba last week, Hubbard only played... I'm sorry. Even without, <laughs> without Chuba, Chuba last Hubbard, week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what what did Foreman. we say? Uh, Chuba Hubba Hubba? I forgot, I forgot what we... What we yeah, I think that's what it was. Here. Yeah, Chuba Hubba Hubba. Yeah. Um, without Chuba last week, Foreman only played on 43% of snaps in a yeah. negative game script last week. So that tells you what, you what you need to know if that happens tonight. And then you have Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. I have him here at 24 and 25. They're, 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 their work split down the middle last week. I have Wilson you know, with a slight edge, given he looked better than Mostert did last week. And this was a 50-50 Wilson's first game with the Dolphins after being with the team for only a few days. So yeah. that tells you what you need to know about this backfield. So I think I'm starting Wilson over Mostert, you know, but most likely you don't have both. And you know, I think both these guys are you know, borderline RB2s and flex plays this week. They're ranked as such. So they're split. Their carries and touches were split down the middle last week. And now you could draw a line right down the middle and they'll be in the same spot. You know, pretty much. This, and this is a solid matchup on the ground for the Dolphins. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, Cleveland's been giving up a ton of ton of uh, rushing yards on a per carry basis. So I, I kind of like this matchup for them, even if it's split. Yeah. I, I don't think like you could say Jeff Wilson came in and looked good after getting after after having only a couple days to learn to play a book, but I don't think there was much learning to play book really yeah, to do. True. There might have been a few wrinkles I had to pick up, but it didn't surprise me at all to see him do what he did last week because I he's so familiar with the with the scheme and with Mike McDaniel. Yeah. I think they were happy to have him in there. It didn't take long. And now they have him. I don't I don't think they're gonna start, you know, just hammering Jeff Wilson and leaving Raheem Mostert on the sideline, but I Jeff Wilson could get a couple more touches. Like I said, it could go either way each week. But as long as Jeff Wilson's playing well, you know, I, I don't think, like I said, his value is up right now. I would sell him. That's just me. But, um, you know, he looks good, and it's nice to have another piece that's doing much better than Chase Edmonds was in this offense. Jeff Wilson, um, you know, 
is a running back that like you know you picked up on waivers potentially after dropping him, and now you might have an RB two moving forward if his role increases. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Khalil Herbert at twenty six. We talked about him a little bit this week, um, and uh, you know this is a really good matchup. It's possible that he's very low in the rankings. Maybe he should be a little higher. Um, DeAndre Swift. I have him here at twenty seven. Listen, like DeAndre low. Swift. We have yeah. no idea what his workload is going to look like. He had ten snaps last week. You know, I'd rather move Khalil Herbert up than DeAndre Swift. I might move DeAndre Swift down. I I, I don't know what to expect from him. Would you put DeAndre Swift below Najee Harris? I, I don't Maybe. know if I'd do that. I, I don't because know if I'd do that. I think DeAndre Swift has you know more upside, obviously. But yeah. at least Najee Harris has been getting you like you know ten points in a PPR league. DeAndre Swift can potentially give you you know just a handful of points. He has to score yeah. a touchdown for him to do his thing. Yeah, and he like I said, for me, you know, I've seen him play. He scored two weeks ago. He came this close. He came a yard away from scoring last week on that nice catch that we talked about. So I think that the upside is there, even though he's not getting a lot of touches. They've been pretty high quality touches that he's getting. And you never know when Najee Harris, he might be benched this week, right? Like uh, so yeah. a, a Mike Tomlin, you know, has talked about it, you know, with, with Jalen Warren, there's been a lot of hype around Jalen Warren this week, you know, and we've been talking about Jalen Warren for several weeks now. It's possible that that time has come out of the buy. We have no idea if that's going to be the case. There's been a lot of rumors around that potentially happening. Um, however, for now, Najee Harris will is is going to be in my rankings here. <laughs> you know, in the top yeah. thirty, not Jalen Warren, uh, not comfortable starting Jalen Warren just yet, unless you're desperate and you're you know shot in the dark type of play. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm okay to start Najee here. He moved up a little bit because he's being involved in the passing game in a PPR league. You know, he could potentially just like give you a, a decent floor, decent, yeah, not high, decent, mm-hmm. uh, around a ten point PPR floor over the past couple weeks. That's what it is. He he hasn't scored more than 14 points in a game, but he also hasn't scored less than six. So yeah. that's what you're getting. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. It, like you were talking about a decent floor. That's just like a mediocre floor. Like it, it's if you have nothing else left, nobody else to play. I, at this point, if you have Najee Harris, I'd start somebody with upside like DeAndre Swift over him. Maybe even Tyler Algier at this point. Because, I can see starting Tyler Algier over Najee Harris. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah he, just, he just doesn't have the upside. At all. Like, even when he scores, <laughs> you know, he doesn't get enough yardage or receptions to to make it so that he can have a higher scoring game. You know, if he scores a touchdown, he's like, all right, I got my 10 points. I'm done for today. That's it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, let's move Let's move Tyler Alger up, up above Najee. Uh, AJ Dillon, I have him here at 30. I just, even with Aaron Jones a little bit banged up, I still don't trust AJ Dillon that much. Like, he hasn't been involved this year. He hasn't done much against Dallas. I don't know. Like, what are your expectations out of AJ Dillon this week? I, I think AJ Dillon's actually going to be better than Aaron Jones this week, just because Aaron Jones is a little banged up. Um, AJ now, Dillon, if he's better than Aaron Jones, does that mean that he's going to have a good game? I, I think that he's going to have a good game, and that's just me because the Cowboys' run defense has been pretty bad. You know, I, I the Cowboys historically have not been able to put away the Packers in any type of game. I don't think it's going to be a close game at the end of the day, but I think it could be competitive at least in the first half. And I think that AJ Dillon could make, he, he could do some work on the ground um, against Dallas, even though it is a good Cowboys defense. He's been super quiet the past few weeks. I could totally see him having a game just to throw people off, you know, with Aaron Jones having the injury. They could be like, all right, well, is AJ Dillon still a handcuff? Could he earn more usage going forward? I could see him having that type of performance. If he scores, I think he can rush for 60 yards and score. I think he could do that. And that would be enough to make him, you know, seem fantasy relevant again. Um, I like 
AJ Dillon this week. I know we have Aaron Jones here at 19 and AJ Dillon at 30. I would actually put AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones in the grand scheme of things. I'm not sure where I, I don't think I'd put AJ Dillon at 19. Maybe I put him, you know, over Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert under Deontay Foreman, but I, I like AJ Dillon this week, even though it doesn't look good. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. I'm only playing AJ Dillon if Aaron Jones is banged up. I mean, or if if I'm sorry, if he's if he misses this game. Right. Otherwise, I'm not sure how much confidence I have in him, to be honest. Um, you know, if this if this Green Bay Packers offense was better, if they weren't going up against a, a tough defense, I might concede. But I'm not yeah. sure if I would. Now let me ask you this question. Uh we have before we wrap up here, uh Adam in the court in the comments is asking, can't believe I have to ask this one. But Jonathan Taylor or Cordell Patterson in a non PPR league have to make a decision by tonight, and there's no other options on waivers, and my other running backs are on by. So with this question. Let's say Jonathan Taylor gets a full practice in today. Yeah. If Jonathan Taylor gets a full practice in today, I'll wait. And I'll and I'll start Jonathan Taylor this week. Yep. On Sunday. And I'll bench Patterson. If Jonathan Taylor gets another limited practice in practice in today, there's no guarantee that he plays. Right. So when if that's the case, then I'll play Patterson tonight. Yeah. That's how that's how I'm, I'm gonna handle this situation. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. In no other circumstance, like you said, unless Jonathan Taylor practices today, you know. If you practice, I don't know. I don't think it has to be a full practice for me to be comfortable, you know, starting Jonathan Taylor this weekend. If as long as he practices, we're fine. I don't see a situation where he doesn't. You you can start Jonathan Taylor. Cordell Patterson is a much safer bet, though. I, I, I see. My point is this: I don't know if Jonathan Taylor will actually play this right. week, even if he gets a limited practice today. That that's that's my concern. If I knew Taylor was playing this weekend, then I would play him, right? But. He, if Jonathan Hill's out this weekend, he's screwed because he could have played Patterson on Thursday night. Yeah, and I, since since Jonathan Hill is already on shaky ground and Patterson has a decent matchup, and he's back. Me personally, like I'm going to play Patterson tonight, um, if Taylor is limited today. I guess it's true. Yeah, you, you just kind of talked me out of it. I, I just don't want to be. I just don't want to be screwed. Oh yeah, especially if I yeah. had a decent option. If I had a decent option that could have went on Thursday night, like. I have to make that decision, you know? Yeah. And you never know. Like, Patterson, like, if you ask me, like, hey, who's going to have a better game this week, Patterson or Taylor? I'm like, well, it could be Patterson. Like, I wouldn't. The I way they've you know been playing, like, yeah. It could, be, right. it could happen. Yeah. You know? I think Cordell Patterson. He's, he's a much yeah. safer play. And if you need him to win, if you need to win this week and you can't afford having a donut, nobody can afford having a donut, whether they want to <laughs> exactly. need a win or not. But it's just that, that's, need that's Patterson. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. All right. That's, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Appreciate you listening uh, to the podcast every single day, Monday through Friday, putting on the podcast every single weekday. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Uh, we'll be going over wide receiver rankings and our tight end rankings and going over injuries and all that kind of stuff going into the weekend. All right. Take it easy, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.